0: come to the conclusion of Ecclesiastes Uh, chapter 12 is the last book and um, you know when we look back you know you can take so much out of this book can't you you can read so much into it Ecclesiastes invites us into this amazing book it tells us about who we are What's happened, where we're we going, this book that was written thousands of years ago, hits the mark to ta- today for every one of us, when we take it seriously when we take time to read it and study it and pray. And, and you know, God tells us to get out there and enjoy life. That's God's gift to us. Yes, enjoy it. Take it. Enjoy it. It tells us that we can chase after all the great attractions in the world. We can have everything. We can have all the affluence of materialism. The consumerism. Chapter 2, the author says, I denied myself nothing my heart desired. I refused no heart, my refused my heart no pleasure. He was given everything. It all looked good. We looked at the seasons. We looked at the times, the events of of life, of what happens. And then we saw it says, guard your steps when you go to the house of God. Go there to listen. It says, whoever loves money will never have enough money. And the day of death is better than the day of your birth. You're better off going to a house of mourning than to a house of festivity. This cuts us to the core. This This tells us who we are. And it says that God has placed eternity into all of our hearts. It tells us that hard work is not actually going to give us a lot of satisfaction. But we may as well enjoy it because that's our lot after all. Wisdom is to be sought. We are to chase wisdom. And it says the futility of life is going to pass us all by really quickly. And what does anyone really gain in a passing world? Everything is cycling. There's nothing new under the sun. We're encouraged to see that there is something beyond. There is always something else out there. Every pleasure, every desire is seen. And then we come back to reality, sets in that everything is meaningless. It's like chasing after the wind. There is nothing new under the sun. So while there is a lot of kind of pessimism, there is this optimism where God says to go out and have fun and enjoy our lives. That's God's plan for us. But to seek wisdom, wisdom is to be encouraged. Wisdom is better than strength. So as we come to the end where is the answer to the meaning of life? The question is, it's asked, it's, it's purpose of life, of the, the reason, the, the meaning. And when we've tried and, and when we've experienced all the attractions, all the flavors of the world that we live in, what does living your best life today really look like? And chapter starts. Chapter 12 starts with, remember your creator in the days of your youth. Before the days of trouble come and the years approach when you will say, I find no pleasure in them. Remember your creator. As you sit here today, you found the creator. You may have been brought up in a Christian, well, nice church home and you found God. You may have just walked into church one day, like I did when I was 21, searching. And three months later, I found God. And, and the church that I attend when I'm not here, four or so many months ago, when I was there, a young man of 18 walked into church on Sunday morning. Never been to church before. His family had no interest in God. And three weeks ago, that young man was baptized. Remember your Creator. And as we've said before, every five years, forget everything you've learned. Go back to the basics of faith. Remember your Creator. What was it like when you became a follower of Jesus? Can you think about that? Remember when you first met God. Remember your Creator. Know God. Remember the time you were first known of God, where you have this sure foundation of your faith. Don't just brush it over. Don't just say, oh, it happened all those years ago, but remember your faith in God. Remember and know that you were born again, and that God knows you, and it's as fresh and as exciting today as it was 5, 10, 15, 20, or 50 years ago. (laughs) you know what I mean? Take away today, remember your creator, build a foundation of life on that. The the expertise, the excitement, the the fact that God loves you so much. And when you remember your creator, you put God first in your life and, and you let go of your own rights and you live a life that wants to honor God and you live a life that wants to be immersed in his love and his word. And the highest joy in your life is knowing God. Everything else is going to fade away. We live in such a busy, complex, fast, fast time. Remember your God is to sit still and be with your Lord. And be with your God. Remember your God. At the the time, remember your creator. Acknowledge your God. Honor your God. You know, in Acts 17, Paul is speaking with the people in Athens, and he says, I see that you're very religious by the objects of worship you have and the temples that you've built. But God does not live in temples, He is not served by human hands. And then Paul goes on to say how God gives life, how He's developed and He's made nations. And then he says in verse 27. God did this so that they would seek him and reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any of us, for in him we move and have our being. In him, when we acknowledge our God, in him we move and have our being. God is not out there somewhere. God right now is in here amongst every one of us. He is not out there in buildings or objects or icons or books or stuff we just read about. Our God is alive. Remember your Creator today. Acknowledge him. This is so eye-opening. It is a reality check for every one of us. And and you know, increasingly in my faith, I, I'm beginning to realize that the Bible actually works. I know you all realize that already, but I'm starting to realize it, that the Bible is what they said years ago. They said, oh, it's a blueprint, remember? I think it actually is. When we put our life into that Bible, when I look at my, my family, my immediate family, and you, all, you know we all have immediate families, the ups and downs, the good, the bad, the sad, the ugly of life, I can bring the Bible into every situation. I can bring God's Word into every situation the people I love are going through. And I can sit with the Word, and I can pray, and I can make sense of this world when I bring this Bible blueprint into the life that I'm going through. The people I know in the church, the people I pray for, what makes my life go round I can bring the Bible into it. Don't leave the Bible out there. Don't leave God's word out there somewhere. Acknowledge God. And the Bible speaks into the times and the places of our lives. It speaks into our career, into our business, into our family, into our work, into our study. Remember your creator. Don't leave God out there. God is in him we move and have our being. He's not out there. And Ecclesiastes eventually tells us everything is temporary. Everything will come to an end. In 1 Corinthians, Paul writes to the church, love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be still. Even as I am fully known, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. Everything will come to an end. Everything that is spiritual will also come to an end. Let us boil it all down to living a faith-filled life. Add to that hope. Add to that the greatest of these is love. What would our life look like? What would our day look like if we started with faith, hope, and love? Faith, hope, and love. If everything we did, we started with faith, we remembered our Creator. Be someone with such a close, loving relationship with God. Faith, hope, and love. Make that your blueprint. Make that your basis of life every day. When Moses is in Deuteronomy, he's, he's laying out to the people how they should live and how they should act. In verse 19 in Deuteronomy 30, he says, I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Choose life so that you and your children will live. You see, Ecclesiastes is telling us to choose life. Go through all the ups and downs. Go through everything. But at the end of the day, choose life. Faith, hope, and love. Choose life. When you get up in the morning, faith, hope, and love. Remember your creator. Don't be stuck. Don't be confused. Choose the life, your best life, that you want to live. Fear God. Keep his commandments. Fear God. Read that as as knowing God. Now, that doesn't mean we all have to go off to theological college or study the Bible all year round or run small groups or pray every day. All those things are really good. But the most important thing is that we know God That we have a relationship with Jesus Christ. God is not out there somewhere, and I think we need to bring our faith into a reality room, into the Christ, the Spirit within every one of us. We need to be reminded that we cannot control God. We cannot put God into a comfortable little box. We can't make our faith fit into a nice, comfortable box. There is mystery in our faith. Our faith is all over the place at times. It's not going to go how we want it. But when we start the day with faith, hope, and love, it gives and the Bible, it gives us a place to begin. We live in a world of mystery. Stuff is happening. And it was so interesting to hear Ethan and Christina and, you know, what you guys would have seen, what you shared about the world, what's happening, what other cultures and countries, and we need to hear more of it. You know, it's, it's crazy, but if we can have a foundation of faith of our God being with us, we may figure out this mystery. When Paul writes to Timothy, he says, that's why I'm suffering as I am. Yet that is no cause for shame, because I know whom I have believed and am convinced that he is able to guard what I've entrusted to him until that day. He is able to guard. I know whom I have believed. He doesn't. Paul doesn't say, "I know what I believe." He says, "I know whom I have believed." My Lord and my Savior, Jesus Christ is my Lord. It's not a head knowledge. It's a head knowledge and a heart knowledge. And I think we need to know who we believe in. Jesus is our Lord. It's trusting, trusting Jesus in every situation. Faith tells us, to obey the commandments of God. And in verse 13 today, it says, Fear God and keep his commandments. And Jesus says in in John 12, 49, I did not speak on my own, but the Father who sent me commanded me to say, all that I have spoken, I know that his command leads to eternal life. Talking to the disciples in the upper room whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me the one who loves me will be loved by, by my father and I too will love them and show them to my, show them show myself to them love love your god your command the only commandment is to love your god with your heart your soul your mind all of your strength Keep his commandments. That's verse 13, the very end of chapter 12. Love God, fear God, keep his commandments. Today, in the New Testament world, we live in the only commandment. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that freeing? All we have to do is love God with all our heart, our soul, our mind, our strength. That's it. And build a life of faith. Faith is that being obedient to God's word. It is reading God's word. It is hearing God's word. Romans eight thirty one says, What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? Sit with that for a minute. It almost sums up all of Ecclesiastes. If God is for us, who can be against us? Ecclesiastes gives us the world. It gives us the entitlement to the world. And then it says it's meaningless. It's chasing after the wind. And the best response we can come up with, if God is for us, who can be against us? And right at the the beginning, remember your creator. Remember your creator. Remember the first time you come to faith. You know, let's stop. Let's enjoy our creator. Let's enjoy our creation. Let's be people who enjoy our Lord, who enjoy our creator, remember our creator. You know, when, you, when we come into church, you know, I, I mentioned earlier this young guy, he walked into a building he'd never been in before. How scary is that? When you come into this church and when you see people you've never seen here before, is it hard to shake their hand and say hello? To smile? It may be the first time they've ever been into a church. What was it like the first time you walked into a church? Remember your Creator. Come back to who God is. Forget what you've learnt every five years and come back to the very basis of our belief, basis of our faith. You know, the the most important thing is that we have the solid foundation. Ecclesiastes tells us and shows us the, the wishy washy stuff of life it's the itsy bitsy, it's a bit of everything. You can have it all, please yourself, it's all there but really it gives you nothing in the end and it tells us to come down to, to a strong foundation in faith and to enjoy what God has given us. And I think we need to be churches today who are actually enjoying our faith, enjoyable faith. You know, I mentioned earlier talking to a man in, in Auckland uh, about the young, young people in our churches today and the big Baptist world, we, we, I don't like to say it, but we're not keeping a lot of young adults and stuff. You know, I'd like to think that when any age person comes in here, we're happy, we're smiling, we're joyful. This is God's world, God's church. You know, that we encourage people. We listen to every generation. Every generation is important. But when people come into our church, they see people smiling. When we have, you know, Jess and the children, that we we ask, Jess, how's the children's work going? Or how's the young adults or the youth group? And, and we get excited and, and, and we're like, yay, let's all support and encourage each other and be excited and have fun. Yes. And we come into church, you know, and we celebrate 90-year-old John down the back. Yay, John. You know, remember your creator. Remember the excitement of being a follower of Jesus. You know, I, I had absolutely no church background. Looking for something, meaning of life. I went into this Pentecostal rah Ra church, rah rah, it's all big noise. But I was hooked. Something happened. That's what God does. And you're sharing your story. That's what God does. Remember that. Don't let that go. Be be overexcited about it. Find your faith again. Remember your creator. And when you come into the building, like Kevin on the door, shaking hands with everyone, shake hands, be excited that this is God's place. Exciting times. And, you know, if by chance we don't bring the Rugby World Cup back, you know, there's a slim little chance we might not. Let's not be too depressed, eh? Let's still smile on a Sunday. Eh? And up the wars, they didn't do too well either, did they? Really? It's all a bit. Can somebody give me some good news now? You know, we have this incredible God. We have this incredible faith. Let's live it, let's be excited. Let's show the world what we have. You know, let, let's show every age group. Let's listen to the little children. Let's listen, listen to the youth. Let's listen to the, to the young adults. Let's be excited to have young people. And let's listen to the John Grays, the older people as well, the family of God. But I think it comes back to remembering your Creator. Remember your walk into church. Remember your walk into the faith. And, you know, I've said before, the, the man and the lady on the door shaking my hand was just as important as the worship and the ministry and the message up the front. Because when I looked at, though, I was 21, when I looked at some people who looked like 90-year-old John, they looked old, and they were shaking my hand, smiling and welcoming me into church, and I thought, mate, if they can still love Jesus at that age, there must be something in it. The smile was just as important as everything else that was in church. Let's just love one another, love our Lord, love our God. And as we, as we sort of come to the end of, of Ecclesiastes, let's just remember our Creator. Let's have a very simple faith. That every day, faith, hope, and love. That we get up, you know, and whatever the day brings, we walk in an attitude of faith, hope, and love. And let's be people who come, who are willing to share what God has given us, share with each other. Colossians says, we always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ when we pray for you Because we have heard of your faith in Jesus Christ and of the love you have for all of God's people, the faith and love that spring from the hope that you have stored up in heaven. You can't get better than that. Stored up in heaven. Charles Spurgeon, the old Baptist preacher, he would tell us to be rich in faith, to daily pray, increase my faith, O God. To be overflown with love which is of God and seeks to make us like God, abounding in hope, in readiness for our eternity in heaven. Hallelujah. Rich in faith, flown with love, abounding in hope. Hallelujah, remember your Creator. Remember the depth of your faith. Let's pray. Father God. Lord, we sit, we stand, we kneel in your presence, oh God. Father, we are alive in you. It is your spirit within us, oh God. Father, we give you all the glory, all the praise. We want to abound in hope, O oh Lord. In readiness for our eternity in heaven, oh God. Lord, you have promised You love us so much, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit, we pray.